apparently we are live good morning everybody i'm bear with bearindependent.com founder and ceo of refuge medical who is the company that is bringing you this intel today if you're new here you know what to do subscribe ring the little bell icon do all the youtube stuff uh you know stick around if you're not new here you know what to do as well share the show with somebody you love leave a comment for the youtube algorithmic robots hopefully the ai won't kill us one of these days Although I wouldn't bet on it. Uh, listen, it's Monday. It's a ridiculous day if you're tracking anything to do with international geopolitics. Five by five. Thank you, Titanium Legs. Uh, we are going to talk today about uh, the heat wave in the Estados Unidos. That's the United States of America. We're going to talk a little bit about Russia and Ukraine, like everybody else. And uh, we're also going to briefly touch on the Titan submersible that thing's ridiculous. And I don't know if you heard, but uh, there's uh, impeachment uh, proceedings have begun for the president, asterisk, of the United States of America, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., everybody's famous favorite scumbag. I don't even know where to begin, dude. There's so much stuff going on. I have a written brief that I'll probably read in a moment, but before we do that, we're going to go to RT... Um, which is Russia Today, Not Refuge Training, RT.com, which, of course, we know is Russian state propaganda. Ukraine failed to exploit the Wagner coup attempt, according to the New York Times. No Russian units left their frontline positions during the mutiny, according to the newspaper, citing unnamed U.S. officials. Ukraine was unable to capitalize on the coup attempt in Russia by a Wagner private military company, according to New York Times, citing unnamed U.S. officials. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken had earlier suggested that the events had created a potential openings for Kiev to improve its position on the battlefield. However, none of the Russians peeled when Wagner started ma uh, marching first to Rostov-on-Don and then towards Moscow, which is, I don't know if you know your Russian history, I know a little bit, but they're pretty good at killing their leaders. They've been doing that for several hundred years. So what's interesting about all this is that for the first time, maybe a ever, I believe that Putin came into power in 1999. For the first time, maybe ever, there seems to be some cracks in the facade of Putin's strength, his aura, his demeanor, right? Like he's not, remember uh, when Trump got, before Trump got elected, they had all those memes going around of Putin riding a bear, uh, bare chested on a horse, right? And like, now that's a man I'd follow into battle. I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. Back to the article in a report on Sunday, New York Times quoted a not an anonymous American official and independent analysts as acknowledging that their quote did not seem to be any immediate defensive gaps to exploit in the Russian lines. End quote. The article noted that according to a preliminary analysis, no Russian units in eastern and southern Ukraine abandoned their positions on Friday or Saturday as the attempted insurrection was in full swing. By the way, for everybody who's still wrapped around the axles on J6, that's what an insurrection looks like. When 30 to 50,000 armed men with main battle tanks and um, you know all types of light-skinned armor and weaponry start marching on your capital, that's an insurrection. And even the question really here is, uh, Evgeny Prigozhin, who's the director, the lead guy at the Wagner Group, which is Putin's little green men. See, Prigozhin and Putin, they're buds, and they're buds from way back. And so a lot of people have posited, and it's a good line of thought, 
a lot of people have posited that this was a feint by Prigozhin to pull the Wagner groups off the front lines, move towards Moscow, and to see who in the Russian military would follow so that Putin could identify who the traitors were so that he could decapitate them. Figuratively, of course. I mean, this is probably going to be one of those briefs that gets us kicked off of YouTube anyway, because uh, we're going to talk about Biden being impeached, and we're talking about Ukraine, and I'm going to say some really nasty things about renewable energy here later in the brief, so it's Monday, whatever. So there's a line of thought here that Putin uh, blessed this course of action, if not encouraged or planned this course of action by Prigozhin with Wagner, that when Wagner fainted towards Moscow, they would pull whoever was disloyal to Putin out of the regular Russian army with them so that they could be identified as actual traitors and then Putin could de decapitate, figuratively, of course, those people. There may be something to that in that Prigozhin now has essentially negotiated a peace treaty with Putin and uh, Putin, or I'm sorry, Prigozhin, the leader of Wagner, yeah, no, there's a lot of ridiculous names here, is going to Belarus to essentially retire, air quote, under the uh, direct watchful eye of his good friend, Alexander Lukashenko, who is the president of, president, asterisk. Just like we have a president, he's the president, asterisk, of Belarus. The issue there is, hmm, Prigozhin is Russia's top PMC provider, private military contractor provider, and Belarus just is just recently in receipt of we don't know how many nuclear weapons from Russia. So there's a lot of speculation on that as well, that now Prigozhin is in Belarus and he's got direct access to Lukashenko. Who better would understand where to deploy tactical nukes on the Ukrainian battlefield than Prigozhin? Because Prigozhin has been the pointy end of Russia's spear in Ukraine since February 24th, 2012 or 2022. And earlier, because Wagner has been in the Donbas region, southeastern Ukraine and Crimea for a decade. Like Crimea in 2014, the way that the Russians got Crimea was the Wagner group. So Prigozhin has a lot of tactical and strategic understanding of what's happening in Ukraine. And now he's over with Lukashenko in Belarus, who's got, you know, a pocket full to an armful of nuclear weapons provided by Russia. Lots of weird stuff going on there. One other potential uh, course of action here, train of thought here, is I don't know if you noticed, but the Pentagon recently admitted that they somehow missed uh, $6 billion in funding to Ukraine. If I was the company, La Silla, right? If I was, you know, one of those men in black suits, it might make sense to say to Prigozhin, hey, listen, we've noticed that you and your men, you've not been getting fuel or ammunition or food, <laughs> you know, basic things to perpetuate a war with. Um, and do you see that Russia just attacked one of your locations with a battery of rockets? Like, dude, here's $6 billion. Maybe, just maybe, because the company, the agency loves to overthrow governments, right? They're pretty good at it, too. Maybe, hey, Prigozhin, here's six billion doll hairs. Go march on Moscow. Now, another thought there is Prigozhin took the six billion dollars. He marched on Moscow. Putin forgave him because super duper inside job. They split the six bill and uh, 
Prigozhin gets to retire to Belarus. Retire, air quote. Do I still have a live stream? I do. Look at that. Eight minutes in. Good morning, everybody in the chat. I could read some more of this article. Let's see. Uh, the article went on to emphasize that on Saturday alone, Russian forces reportedly fired some 50 missiles at various targets across Ukraine. American officials cited the paper, cited by the paper, predicted that at least in the short term, the front lines in Ukraine are likely to remain unchanged. A bit of a stalemate going on over there. And uh, the hullabaloo, the scuttlebutt, is that Ukraine is simply running out of people to send to the front lines. And we don't get good reporting on this at all. And even if you go to uh, you go the OSINT route and you try and piece together what's actually happening on the ground based upon social media posts that people who are on the ground are doing, it's still difficult to get a strategic understanding of what's happening in Ukraine. By best estimates, the Ukrainians have lost somewhere around 120,000 uh, fighters and the Russians have lost somewhere around 200,000 war fighters. But if we're going to play the game of demographics, ultimately Russia will win. They have more people. Um, it seems like, based upon reporting on the ground, that the Ukrainians are running out of people to send to the front lines. And so there's become a bit of a stalemate now in this war. And the, you remember a year, year and a half ago, where we, are, we were all... Uh, losing our crap over the BTGs, battalion tactical groups that uh, Russia was staging in Belarus and uh, on the eastern, what would be Russia's western front, Ukrainian's uh, eastern border. And they're going to come across this border all in a blitzkrieg with somewhere between 105 and 150,000 men and light armor and heavy armor. And they're going to uh, engage in uh, air superiority and it's going to be over in Ukraine in about a week. I was one of those people that said that didn't happen it's still not happening i don't know man i don't i don't know where this thing goes i don't think a lot i think most people don't know where this thing goes but it seems to have become more of a slugfest than something that was quick and dirty the article suggested that supposedly weakening among russian troops could be one of the factors that potentially helps kiev make gains concluded, however, that, quote, it is too soon to determine the long-term implications, end quote, of the failed coup attempt. I lean in the direction of Putin was aware of what was going to happen, more or less, the broad brushstrokes of Prigozhin's actions, because if he wasn't, I think Putin would have had Prigozhin taken out. Either that or Putin is far less powerful than we've all been led to believe. I don't know. Speaking to CBS News on Sunday, Blinken, Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State here in the Estados Unidos, described Wagner's attempted rebellion as, quote, a direct challenge to Putin's authority, end quote, arguing that it raises, quote, profound questions and shows real cracks, end quote. The diplomat, diplomat went on to claim that this, quote, creates an even greater opening for the Ukrainians to do well on the ground, end quote. Who do you root for in this war? Right. Because it's like the Ukrainian people are probably not bad people. The Russian people are probably not bad people, but the Russians more or less are godless communists, even though they and they mock us, dude. Like, I don't know if you've seen some of the uh, social media posts and short videos that come out of Russia where they're like just the obesity of the United States and Pride Month and just the ineptitude 
and the downright dirtiness of American politicians. And they're they're dead on in their propaganda. Like it's it's not even propaganda. They're just reporting facts at this point. And but I, I still and maybe it's my 1980s upbringing. Maybe it's that successful indoctr indoctrination of like woodland camouflage and, you know, Rocky four and Rambo and, you know, full metal jacket like the Russians are still godless communists to me. And the Ukrainians, the leadership I'm talking about now, they're not good guys either. We know they're in league with the Democrats, who we know are not good guys. And don't be so quick to start cheering for the Republicans because they're not really good guys either. So the whole thing is a mess. And we've sent, depending on who you ask, somewhere between 136 and $200 billion over there. And we still don't have a decisive victory on either side. There's a few things that I think we need to look at with what happened Friday, Saturday, yesterday, Sunday in Ukraine slash Russia. Uh, the first is commodities. Uh, there's the possibility that the, the world stage is going to feel the effects of this Russian, uh, you know, Wagner insurrection in Russia. Russia produces a lot of commodities. So does Ukraine, like wheat. You know, wheat is, uh, I don't know if you know this, we make bread and Cheerios and like uh, donuts and what other shit do people eat? Uh, Little Debbie cakes, you know, stuff like that. It's all made out of wheat. Well, Little Debbie cakes are made out of wheat asterisk. It's probably like grasshopper that's ground up and bleached to look like wheat. I have no idea. But um, commodities. They're, they also produce a lot of fuel and fertilizer. So there's the possibility that that affects us in our pocketbooks as far as raising costs. I think the big thing that most people are concerned about, and probably rightfully so, are nukes. Nukes. So according to ICANW.org, which is the International Committee of Something, Something Nuclear Weapons.org, there are 12,512 nuclear warheads in the world. Of those, Russia possesses 5,889 of them. The United States possesses 5,224 of them. China has 410. France has 290. The United Kingdom has 225. Pakistan has 170 nuclear warheads. That's fun. India has 164. Israel has 90. And North Korea has 30. These are all asterisks. Now, there's also six nations. So you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine countries that possess, develop, distribute nuclear weapons. Then you've got six countries that host nuclear weapons. They didn't make the nuclear weapons, but they have them on their soil. So Italy has 35 American nukes. Turkey I'm not exactly like warm and fuzzy feeling when I think about Turkey. Turkey has 20 U.S. nukes. The Belgians have 15 U.S. nukes. I like them. I mean, I got nothing against them. They make pretty good rifles and uh, decent chocolate. Germany has 15 U.S. nukes. And the Netherlands has 15 nukes. Now, isn't, didn't they like, is that where weed was first legalized? In Belgium? The Netherlands? Yeah. So they're high as shit over there with 15 nuclear weapons. That's cool. Hopefully they're pacifists. Like it's rare. It's very rare that somebody gets high as shit and then starts a war, you know, 
seems interesting. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so Italy, Turkey, Belgium, Germany, and the Netherlands are all holding nukes for the United States to the tune of about 85 total distributed amongst those five countries. And then Russia has recently transferred some of their nuclear weapons to Belarus. So Belarus is holding for Russia. We just don't know how many they are holding. Now, what's interesting about that is if, like, you pull up a map in your brain or you go to Google Earth or you just, you know, you have a globe sitting on the shelf of your library, wherever you happen to be. If you look at Ukraine on a map, um, to, to the east, northeast of Ukraine is Russia. That's, you know, this whole little conflict started there uh, about a year and a half ago. Directly to the south of Ukraine, across the Black Sea, is Turkey, where there are American nukes. To the uh, west of Ukraine, you've got the Netherlands, American nukes. You've got uh, France, who has their own nukes. You've got the United Kingdom, who has their own nukes. You've got, um, what are these other countries over here? You've got uh, Israel. Uh, where's Israel from there? Southwestish of Ukraine? Uh, no, due south of Ukraine. India to the southeast of Ukraine. And then you've got like China and Russia and now Belarus, who are all kind of like the bad guys, right? They've all got nuclear weapons. But if you were to have like a thermonuclear event in Ukraine, it's almost evenly distributed 360 degrees around Ukraine. There are nuclear weapons. So that could be fun. And so there's a lot of people positing that um, if Putin goes nuclear as a show of strength to show that uh, he's not a weakling, he's still Vladimir Putin, right? That he's going to use tactical nukes in Ukraine to get his point across. You detonate one tactical nuke in Kiev, like, that's a showstopper, bro. But it leads into the third thing I think we need to look at here, which is NATO escalation. If the Ukrainians are unable to finish off the Russians and Vladimir Putin is weak right now, these are assumptions, right? And uh, whether you're for or against them, just go with me a minute uh, down this little pathway here. These assumptions. The decapitating blow has to come from somewhere, right? Well, we've been saying we're going to send F-16s to the Ukrainians. Hasn't happened yet. Oh, yeah, we've got M1 Abrams coming. That hasn't happened yet, right? They're, they're still trying to get attack of missiles. Like, hasn't happened yet. At what point... Does either Putin escalate, which now requires, air quote, right? we get into an Article 5 situation, even though Ukrainian, the Ukrainians are not part of NATO. Uh, at what point does the U.S. put our people directly into Ukraine? Which, remember, I think they're looking for a black swan event in order to be able to do that. I think that uh, the Democrats want war with Russia, and they have since the Hillary Clinton days. But I digress. So some black swan events probably going to happen or potentially going to happen, right? Which leads to NATO escalation, which leads to potentially our sons and daughters going all the way over there to go fight and die for what? Question mark. For democratic grift on that, all that war money that we're going to send over there. Also remember, we're in an economic slump right now. And historically, the United States has learned that war is good for GDP. We are very good at uh, asterisk at perpetuating warfare. It's good for the bottom line. So I would be watching out for that. 
uncoincidentally, I know for a fact that uh, potassium iodide is in stock at refugemedical.com. So if you're worried about warheads on foreheads, we got some, homie. Don't don't worry. Just get some. Follow the directions. Holy shit. Pop-up ads. Sorry. Well, I was going to read to you an article about the Titan submersible, but apparently an Amazon ad popped up and I just X'd out of that window. I freaked out, y'all. I freaked out. So there's a, a how shall I surmise this? Somebody took um, a toilet paper cardboard tube and they put a billionaire inside of it and they put some little um, robotic uh, crab claws on the front of it. And they were going to dive down to the Titanic and it imploded and exploded and people died. That happened like six days ago, but it's all over the news and it's all over the news in my estimation because there's a whole bunch of other important shit that's happening that, you know, look at the imploding submarine over here. Don't worry about Biden getting impeached. Don't worry about the fact that Hunter Biden just basically got off scot-free for drug and criminal possession of a firearm charges, right? Like, that's no big deal. If you put a piece of plastic on your buffer tube, you're a felon. But if you smoke crack, bang underage hookers, and are running around illegally possessing firearms, eh, just a just a little little fine, which you can pay because we've been funneling money from China into your bank accounts. Nothing to see here. What were you going to say? Oh, throw a gun in a dumpster. Yeah. Also, just chuck your guns in a dumpster. No big deal. No, like rules for thee, but not for me. This, <laughs> I don't even get worked up anymore. Uh, about this stuff because it's like but what what about when the fed say no uh-uh uh-uh nope none of that when the feds say what because look at the precedent they're setting you know what take me to court because i put a piece of plastic on a buffer tube i'm gonna point right to hunter biden and be like your honor look at the precedent that's been set sir are you smoking crack in my courtroom you bet your ass i am if he can get away with it i'm gonna do it like Eh, thanks. I never thought I'd say thanks to the Biden family, but thank you. One less thing I got to worry about now. Um, so Biden is uh, potentially going to be impeached uh, 22 June 23 from NPR.org. The House opens impeachment probe of Biden after GOP leaders head off push to vote now. And... Um, Let's see. Do, 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 do. The House representatives approved a resolution referring articles of impeachment against President Biden to two committees, slowing down a push from House conservatives to try and remove the president. The resolution directs the House Homeland Security and House Judi Judiciary panels to examine any evidence of wrongdoing related to the president's immigration policies. Never mind the fact that he's clearly being paid by China. Never mind the fact that he also, like every other president for the last 40, 50 years, was in possession of uh, top secret documents that were not properly declassified or stored. Never mind the fact that he's clearly senile. Never mind the fact that he's clearly a pedophile um, and probably at this point a robot. Like, I don't even I don't think he's actually fully human anymore. And I'm not saying this to be facetious. Mm -hmm. I don't think that thing that they parade in front of the camera as the president of the United States is actually Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. I think it's like a body double or it's CGI or it's a reptilian. I, I don't know. But that's, that's not a person. That's not what people do. So 
never mind all that other shit. How about his immigration policies? We're going to impeach him on his immigration policies. If I was uh, in the House of Representatives, which don't get your hopes up, I never will be. Uh, they wouldn't allow me to be. I'd probably be shot immediately about that fast. Lone gunman. Lone gunman. What about the guy on the grassy knoll with the sniper rifle who was clearly wearing a Dallas PD uniform who happened just happened to have his photos match exactly a known hitman from Boston who was known for shooting people with rifle, rifles with Sabo rounds in them? Don't worry about that. Definitely don't read the book Crossfire by Jim Mars. I would never do that. Anyway, I'd never make it to the house. But if I was in the house, house i would file eight to ten different articles of impeachment for one of all of these different infractions by the president that's what i would do if if, if it was me uh because you might be able to argue down half of them okay what about the other half i'm gonna impeach this guy's eight way this guy eight ways from sunday now i'm saying we know what you're saying man all right ten four man when that pre-workout and post ruck high and the coffee all hits at the same time on a Monday morning when the world's about to end due to nuclear weapons. Like, man, I'm just I'm just riding a high right now. We still uh hey yeah, we still got a live stream. That's cool. All right, I should probably read the report. Now we'll actually read the report. Bear independent independent brief, 26th of Goon. 23 by the way it is the month of goon it's not pride month it's not june if you can rename your shit to dumb shit i'm gonna rename it to my dumb shit it's the month of goon uh by the way go to refugemedical.com the first thing that pops up on the screen is the goon giveaway it's like freaking epic right now um double 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 dot refuge medical.com not medieval medical.com hashtag bare thumbs Let's see. You get a redemption tactical plate carrier uh, with plates, uh, squat survival gear, uh, rucksack. Um, you get a multicam arc with the dangler attachment from us at Refuge Medical, a mirror safety gas mask, and a case of Jocko Go. Uh, as long as you spend $99 or more between now and the end of the month at Refuge Medical. It's like freaking huge. It's over $1,000 worth of gear. Just like that. So go check that out. I Okay, Bear. Back to the brief. A severe heat wave has gripped Texas for the third week with temperatures reaching well into the 100s of degrees. Corpus Christi has reached 125 degrees Fahrenheit. Ew. That's just, just ew. There's lots of reasons why you should probably dig a hole and live in it right now, but that's one of them. Like, forget the nuclear fallout. Like, just get out of the freaking heat. You ever been to Corpus Christi? I have. There was a good, it's probably not there anymore, but there's a good little uh, place called Ninja Sushi that was on the beach or on the way to the beach in Corpus Christi. And I walked in there one day because I was doing a job in South Texas on the King Ranch and Kennedy Ranch up there, putting up them giant fan things. And whenever you needed something from town, um, town was corpus christi which was like three and a half hours away so you run up uh, i think it's highway 77 run up 77 hit corpus and there's so if i'm already in town man i'm gonna eat and there's this place called ninja sushi the first time i walked in two tall skinny white dudes with giant jufros like giant jufros and i was like this is not what i expected in a sushi shop and they're like chill bro we know how to make the sushi so prove it it was awesome it was so good and those dudes were like high as shit like they could live in the netherlands 
I would trust them in nuclear weapons. Like they were, they were high as shit. Um, I don't know if it's there anymore or not, but it was really good. I was like, I don't know, 15, maybe even 20 years ago. Anyway, shout out to the non-existent Ninja Sushi in Corpus Christi, Texas, where it's 125 degrees Fahrenheit. San Angelo saw a record of 114 degrees Fahrenheit last Tuesday, the same day that MedStar said it treated over a dozen cases of heat-related illnesses. Guys, guys, listen to me, guys. Sugar-free Gatorade, try oral rehydration salts, or make your own. You can make your own. It's a little bit of sugar, a little bit of salt, a little bit of, yeah, just research it. I, I have a Tupperware full of it. Um, make your own. Stay hydrated and also make sure that you're getting your magnesium in, your potassium in, uh, your calcium in, all of your, um, and your sodium in, all of your electrolytes so that your central nervous system doesn't shut down and you become a casualty. Okay? Okay, dear. On Wednesday, over 35,000 customers were without electricity. Mm. Mm. The humidity of the region makes the heat particularly nefarious as it prevents effective cooling of the body through evaporation. Facts. By 9.30 yesterday morning, I looked like I had stepped out of my swimming pool. By the way, we're, we're still in the poorest category. It's an above-ground swimming pool. But, you know, one day, one day, Bear Nation, you and me, we're going to put an in-ground pool in. It's going to be awesome. Welcome to the Bear Ranch. <clears throat> the scorching temperatures are more than just uncomfortable. They're straining the state's power grid as the mercury continues to climb. Naturally, Texas's power grid operator has asked its 30 million customers to reduce their power usage to mitigate the enormous demand placed on the system. Because that's going to work. Because it's summer in Texas and everybody's going to turn their ACs off. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. One of my favorite graphs, favorite graphs of all time. Yes, I nerd out on maths. I like the maths, okay? If you take a graph of the state of Texas population growth and year by year, and then you look at a map or a graph of uh, improvements in air conditioning technology, they are the same graph year over year. The better air conditioning got, the more people moved to Texas. Straight up. It's the exact same curve year by year by year by year by year. So Texans and... And I can talk shit on Texas because there's a county named after my great, great, great granddaddy there. Okay. Okay. Texans don't do so good in the summer anymore. Now, the old school Texans that have skin that looks like leather, they're fine. All the softies that moved in from California, they're going to die. Like, they're going to die if you turn the power off. Fears of potential rolling blackouts amid deadly, deadly temperatures persist. Now, uh, what was it? Uh, was it the winter of 2020 or winter of 2021? Remember when that giant ice storm came and it turned all the giant fan things off and people literally in some cases froze to death in their apartments and their houses because they had no heat? Remember that? Yeah. Renewable energy is not primary generation. It's secondary generation only. There is not, if we mind all of the cobalt and all of the lithium on planet Earth, all of it, and used it to make batteries. Are you listening to me? Listen to me. We mine all of it, all the lithium and all the cobalt, and we only use it for batteries. And we only use those batteries for the grid in the United States of America, not the planet, in the United States of America. We can power the grid for four minutes four 
minutes. So take this green tech and shove it up your ass. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's subsidized and pushed by the U.S. government. By the way, Bush Jr. was the largest uh, subsidizer of green energy in the country's history. How do I know? I was putting it up during that time. I saw the money flow in. Why is it subsidized with your taxpayer dollars? Because the three largest developers of renewable energy, wind and solar in the United States of America are British Petroleum, ExxonMobil, and Dutch Shell. Now, they own all of this infrastructure through Shell Corps, three, four, five layers deep. I've seen it, but they own the infrastructure. Yes, they have cutouts and tertiary business arrangements and trusts and blah, 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 blah. But that's who owns it because they're not oil companies, they're energy companies. And because of the military industrial complex here in the United States of America, you got to pay them to put those up so they could get the tax breaks. Yay. And for every freaking wind turbine we stand up that has a 20-year service life, we're 12 to 15 years in the hole on carbon neutral on that thing. Takes about 35 years for that turbine to go carbon neutral. And it has a service life of 20. Oh, but what if we do a refit at 20 years and we use the existing tower and the existing power uh, power lines that are underneath? We just swap out the nacelle and the rotor blades. Uh-huh. You get 0.8 years after a refit. 0.8 years after a refit on a 40-year service life now. 0.8 years in the black on carbon neutrality. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. It doesn't work. It's never going to work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work on a utility scale. It will work at your house. I'm investing heavily in solar for my house, but not for my neighborhood or my town or my county or my state or my country or my planet because it doesn't work at that scale. I will repeat one more time. If you mine all the lithium and all the cobalt on all of planet Earth and only make batteries with it and only use those batteries as backup for the grid, we have four minutes of backup. So how's that working out for you now, Texas? It's 125 degrees and the giant fan things aren't doing what they said they were going to do. Who'd have thought? The government said, if you just do this, it'll be good for you. And what do we find out? Hey, it doesn't work. Who'd have thought? Arizona, Mexico, and Oklahoma have also been placed under heat alerts, which are expected to persist into this week. Hell yeah, they are. 104 forecasted later this week here. 104, like not feels like, 104 actual. As the heat wave expands, Arkansas, Louisiana, Kansas, and Missouri are expected to see triple-digit temperatures this coming week. So far, over 40 million have already come under heat alerts. Andrew Pershing, the director of climate science at Climate Control, noted, quote, if you're struggling financially and worried about paying your electric bill, you might not run your AC long enough, which is going to increase your vulnerability. Blah. Small scale solar for your house, mini splits, heat in the winter with wood if you live in a place where you need heat in the winter. That's what we're doing. But what if you get EMP'd, Bear? 
then I'm, then we get EMP and we're all Amish and I will live in my creek so I can get some evaporative cooling during the summer months. Probably, hopefully, won't get attacked by snapping turtles and uh, water moccasins and frogs. It's possible, though. It, it's a chance I'm willing to take if it means I get some evaporative cooling. <sighs> Heat domes like this also cause an increase in severe weather events such as destructive tornadoes and severe storms, which are threats to the grid in their own right. Just recently, hundreds of thousands of people were left without power after last weekend when destructive storms left electric lines sparking under fallen trees across more densely populated areas like Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Jackson, Mississippi. The Perryton, Texas tornado, which we know a thing or two about, Tarpon Yellow, bro, Bless you, Grandma Joe. Wow. $500 hairs, super chat. Grandma Joe, you're awesome. Hey, I really super duper appreciate you. Thank you very, very, very much. The Perryton, Texas tornado is another example of the cascading effects of these increasingly frequent heat domes. Meteorologist Jeff Berardelli tweeted, quote, excessive heat feeds and fuels storms from the south, adding energy. The edge of the ring of fire marks the contrast between extreme heat and warm, and that zone tends to have stronger winds aloft, which will aid supercell intensity and forward speed. Now, if you've been paying attention, and most of you haven't been, first of all, I know from the analytics that almost 40% of you aren't subscribed. What's your problem? Hit the little button. And I also know from analytics that, like, 5% of the Bear Nation pays attention when we go on deployment with Grindstone Ministries. Shame on you. That's all I'm going to say. Shame on you. Go watch those videos. See what Grindstone really does. Because we're out there helping people. And the only way we're able to do it is because of y'all. Go watch those videos. The one I posted... Uh, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before, we were doing some storm chasing, which turned into being chased by a storm in the Texas Panhandle. And we spent three hours maneuvering at high speeds to get away from 80 miles an hour and hail, in some cases, fruit-sized and a thousand-foot-high wall of dust. It was insane. Unapologetic farmer, it was crazy. You are correct. So... You want to see like what that really looks like? Go watch those grindstone videos, man. We we've, we've been doing this a long time. That was our 39th and 40th deployment. <laughs> because while we were in the Texas Panhandle dealing with one tornado in Perryton, Texas, another one hit Matador, Texas, and so we went down there and did search and rescue. Insane. Like it's insane. What's up, DIY and review guy? Yeah, it was Nuckin' Futz. You are correct, dude. It was Nuckin' Futz. That's the brief for today. If you're one of those people that jumps off when it's time to discuss the value exchange, this is your polite cue to beat feet. Skedaddle, get out of here. Have a blessed day. Shalom. For everybody else up on Patreon, if you did not watch the emanation and decimation video, I strongly recommend you go watch that. It deals with radios and communication post-event, when to use them, why to use them, not even how to use them, when to use them, why to use them, and more importantly, when not to use them. I think it's probably one of the best pieces of content I've ever done, and I've done more than 5,000 pieces of content.
Emanation and Decimation on Patreon. Go watch that. It was a good vid, says Agel Safi. So, Patreon, links in the description to all this stuff at refugemedical.com. The kid of the week is the bear fact. There are many like it, but this one is mine. What's the bear fact, bear? How come your name's in it? This is the kit that I invented. This is what launched it all at refugemedical.com. In my barn by myself four years ago, working an hour a month on a little company. And now, praise to the most high, we're on four continents with all branches of the U.S. Armed Forces electively. Why? Because this thing far exceeds military specification. Far exceeds military specification. I've got a soft T tourniquet on the outside here. Committee on TCCC recommended tourniquet, unlike some of that bullshit that some of our air quote competitors sell. Mm, yeah, nice try. Couldn't compete with us if you wanted to. Set of North American Rescue shears on the side here. And the way this works is on the outside, you've got this ballistic nylon, which is Molly compatible, which gives you your durability and your portability. And then you rip the lid open like this and you grab the red handle and you pull the inner out of the outer. And in the inner, see this one, this one's got over a year, pushing a year and a half of hard use on it. Here's our inner right there. See that made in the USA. Not made in America, because some people say made in America. When they say that, they mean Mexico, because it's part of North America. Made here in the United States of America, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, and Connecticut. That's where we make our stuff, right here. And I can pop this open with one hand. Boom. And look, all my shit didn't go flying everywhere, because it's organized and retained. In here... Per the March algorithm, what's the March algorithm, Bear? Massive bleeding, airway, respiratory, circulation, head injury, hypothermia, and everything else. I've got my massive bleeding section. I got a cat tourniquet. I got a pressure bandage. I got a pair of gloves. I got some medical tape right here. And I've got my Sharpie so that I can draw, you know, rude things on your forehead. No, the Sharpie is actually for marking the time on the tourniquet. And also, if we have to put a Mylar blanket over the casualty and they already have a tourniquet on, we put a T on their forehead. So when we pass the casualty to a higher level of care, they know they have a tourniquet on. They'll check for the tourniquet when they get to a higher level of care because you can't see it when you cover it up with a Mylar blanket. Why would you use a Mylar blanket? Oh, a little thing called hypothermia, which doubles the half light of your life of your clotting time for every one degree in temperature, uh, body temperature loss. So, yeah, it's really important. It's part of what's called the lethal triad. But anyway, in the back here, I've got my stack and I've got. A burn tech dressing right there. I've got a pair of chest seals. I've got a nasopharyngeal airway, nose noodle, shears, and two five by nine gauze pads. Because if I need big gauze, I need it now. And down in the bottom, down here, I've got my quick clot for wound packing, part of the massive bleeding. And I got my trauma pack. I've got a survival blanket, compressed gauze, triangle bandage. Rolled gauze, curlix. I've got an iPad, not the kind that your kid's playing on right now, but the kind you put over your eye if you have an eye injury. Uh, eye shield, two by twos, four by fours, five by nines, and right there, fold flat duct tape because it sticks to everything, including blood, sweat, and tears. And all of this is made here in the United States of America. It's guaranteed forever. If you buy it today, I'll ship it to you today. You'll probably have it by Wednesday. And uh, FAR exceeds not only military specification, but all the other garbage that all these other companies are selling out there. So you could probably save a couple of bucks on a kit from somebody else. 
And uh, the cool thing is when you're bleeding out and dying because that shit didn't work, at least you'll know, well, I saved $14 on my first aid kit. So that was good. Have you ever priced flowers for a funeral? Guys, there's, there's places where you should skimp, places where you should be a little thrifty, and there's places where you shouldn't. I don't know if you know this, but you get one life, one of them, one of them. I know you Buddhists out there are like, yeah, but I'm going to come back as a cat. Whatever you're into, dude, you get one life. I think you should be a good steward of it. And part of being a good steward of it, in my mind, is having quality first aid kits and knowing how to use them. And that's the problem that we solve at Refuge Medical. So come see us, refugemedical.com. That's the bare fact. In stock, shipping fast. Get it while it lasts. The world's going crazy. Refugetraining.com. We have classes ongoing in Oklahoma today. They're doing responder three today out here in the heat of eastern Oklahoma. They're going to be drinking lots of water, oral rehydration salts. They're going to be doing force on force with blue guns and with blank firing adapters. They're going to learn small unit tactics. They're going to do casualty carries. They're going to do individual and team movements. They're individual and team scenarios. They're going to have to fight off all of our crisis actors and our cadre. It's going to be a blast. They're going to be smoked, but it's going to be wonderful. Do you have a deployment slot for a retired Navy chief communicator IT? Sure do, Chief PI. Shoot us an email, admin at grindstonemistries.com. So don't be an ass. Come to class, refugetraining.com. Okay, bear. And lastly, but certainly not leastly, grindstoneministries.com. What do you do, bear? Watch the videos. We put people's lives back together after they've been destroyed by a storm. One of y'all on Patreon said this awesome phrase, and I'm going to borrow it probably forever. What we do is we turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones. I love that. That's what we do with Grindstone Ministries. Completely not for profit. We're not, we don't build a town. We don't build the homeowner. We don't build a state. We don't build FEMA. We're just supported with your five, 10, and $20 bills through grindstoneministries.com. So we can go out there and be the hands and feet of the most high and help people who have literally lost everything but the breath in their lungs and the blood inside their body. That's what we do. And when we're not busy doing that, we go jam up pedophiles. We make sure that bad shit happens to bad people, and we rescue and restore the kids that those bad people are holding as a product. That's Caleb House with a K. Caleb House with a K, our other 501c3. So if you want to make sure that bad shit happens to bad people, come see us at grindstoneministries.com. There's also links for the Caleb House hoodies, T-shirts, and long sleeves, our brother Saw's T-shirt, and our brother Rex's T-shirt, all of which come from Sanctified Supply Co. You can find the links in the description. It's Monday morning. I've got a team meeting in 13 minutes. I love y'all. I hope you have a blessed day. Shalom.